Introducing True Crime PI, an investigative bi-weekly podcast that explores missing and unidentified cold cases from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. My name is Dana Pohl. I am a writer and a librarian with a passion for investigating the missing and unidentified. Most life stories begin at birth and end with death, but the stories of the missing and unidentified are disrupted by a mysterious occurrence that obscures the who, what, when, and why. Without the answers to these questions, the missing and unidentified remain in limbo, waiting for someone to write the ending of their stories. My hope is that collectively, we can be that someone. Welcome to True Crime PI, Episode 7, and now we wait. When I started investigating our Doe's case, I never thought it would develop into a seven-part series. There just wasn't enough information. There were three newspaper articles, NamUs and Doe Network files, and an entry on WebSleuths. As we all know, the interview with Detective Dawes fueled the next four episodes and gave me the information I needed to push this case forward. The conversations I had with Amy Hutzel, Human Trafficking, Child Abuse, and Sexual Assault Program Director at the Georgia Criminal Justice Coordinating Council have had an extremely positive impact on this case. But I wanted more. I wanted to ensure that our Doe's case would be submitted for DNA testing and genealogical research. I figured the best option would be to utilize the DNA Solves crowdfunding platform that David Middleman explained in our last episode. In an effort to acquire permission to crowdfund this case, I emailed the details to the Cobb County Medical Examiner's Office. And at the same time, I followed up with Amy Hutzel and told her that I wanted to submit our dose DNA for profiling. She replied with the following answer, quote, If you move forward with further testing that requires funding, we will likely use grant money. End quote. This was awesome news. Amy is without a doubt my hero. Not only does Amy see the value in re-examining this case, but she has also offered grant money to fund the DNA profiling and genealogical research needed to finally identify our doe. To ensure that the parties involved were on the same page, I shared this information with the Cobb County Medical Examiner's Office. This was their response. Quote, I just wanted to reach out to let you know that we are actively working to identify all of the unidentified descendants we have here at the Cobb County Medical Examiner's Office. I will keep you informed about the case we discussed. However, There are certain things that I will not be able to discuss with you because these cases are actively being investigated. With that said, your efforts are much appreciated, and I hope to be able to share some news with you when I am able to do so. Unquote. At this point, I am confident that someday soon our doe will be identified. On May 10th, 2021, it will be 37 years since our doe was found. In 1984, when she was discovered, DNA had not yet been used to solve a crime. Over the past 36 years, DNA technology and its applications have evolved 
and become more affordable. Platforms like DNASolves.com and the DNA Doe Project leverage the public's interest and generosity so that funding is no longer an obstacle. Podcasters, YouTubers, writers, and documentarians are investigating and sharing cases with the ever-growing true crime community. All of these forces, along with good detective work, have come together to identify the unidentified, arrest and convict those who have escaped justice, and to solve cases that have been cold for decades. In Episode 1, I suggested that active case restrictions can be detrimental to the resolution of cold cases, saying, quote, I completely understand why detectives do not release details to the public at the beginning of an investigation, but after 36 years with no leads, keeping those details under lock and key may actually be hindering a resolution to this case, unquote. I believe this even more than ever before. Without the honesty of a retired detective who was willing to share information that had never been shared with the public before, we would be left to wonder if George was still the prime suspect, if the medical devices could be tracked, if DNA testing was or could be performed on her clothing, and we would have never known that our doe was most likely a victim of Samuel Little. If Detective Dawes did not agree to talk with me, our Doe's story would have consisted of a single episode. And then, because of lack of information, I would have had to quickly move on to another case. I would have never contacted Amy Hutzel or known anything about the funding, nor would I have shared that information with the Cobb County Medical Examiner's Office. My goal is to use this case as an example of how sharing uncompromising information with the public could help solve cold cases. The truth is, without the sharing of information, this case would not be in the hands of the people who have the power to discover who she was and who killed her. It is exciting to think that we are now closer to finding the answers to these questions than ever before. But for now, we wait. Our role in this investigation is complete. We dug deep, asked questions, connected with and shared our findings with the people who can take this investigation to the next level. The ball is now in their court. I trust that they will do their best to identify our doe and her killer. I started this podcast and chose this case because someone murdered a young woman dumped her body in a wooded area, and left the ending of her story in limbo. This murderer thought her life didn't matter, but it did matter. She was someone's daughter, possibly someone's sister, aunt, or cousin, and someone's friend. Someone laughed with her, cried with her, and loved her. Someone out there, maybe even you, went to school or worked with her. Someone somewhere has been missing our dough for nearly 37 years, 442 months, and over 13,500 days. My hope is that soon the ending of her story will be written. Our dough will regain her name and her family will no longer be forced to carry the unbearable burden of not knowing. Thank you all for investing your time in listening to Our Doe's story. 
I could not be more grateful. I promise I will share updates on our Doe's case as I receive them. At the end of episode six, I invited you to visit my website and leave me a voicemail message containing questions and comments. Here are a few of the questions that I received. Hello, my name is Amber, and my question is, is there anything that you learned about our doe or the case that you didn't share with us? Hey, Amber. Yes, there were a few things I just couldn't squeeze into an episode, and most of those things were found in the autopsy report. The first was a wig, and if you remember back to episode one, I mentioned that a wig was found at the scene. It was auburn or red in color. And when I read the autopsy report, there seemed to be a question about the wig, whether it actually was a wig or it wasn't a wig. It does say synthetic hair, but then when it was sent to the GBI and those are uh, reports that are attached to the autopsy, it kind of questioned whether or not it was a wig or not. And so I just didn't want to put out misinformation, not being able to clarify that. I thought it was better if I didn't talk about the wig. And so I left that out of the episodes. The second thing was that her fingernails and her toenails were painted metallic orange. And I thought that was a very interesting fact that w- that I found in the autopsy report, but I just couldn't find a place uh, for that in the story. And the third thing was that on May 11th, which would have been the day after her body was discovered, a team of investigators returned to the scene and used a metal detector to search for metal fragments, bullets, or other metallic objects. They did not find those, and that contributed to her cause of death being undetermined. They also excavated the area beneath where her body was lying, collected the dirt, and took that back to the medical examiner's office. In addition to the dirt, they collected a Budweiser can. So I hope that answers your question, Amber. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening to True Crime PI. Hi, Dana. My name is Gail. I really love and enjoy listening to your podcast. It keeps my interest and is very informative. I can't wait till the next episodes. I was wondering, Dana, how did you meet Detective Dawes? Hi, Gail. I'm really excited that you are enjoying True Crime PI, and I hope that you will continue to listen next season. To answer your question, I was doing some research on cold case units. And lo and behold, I found some information on the Cobb County cold case unit. And with a little more in-depth research, I came across John Dawes' name and a couple videos of him speaking. And I realized he would be a great person to interview on this case. And so I found him on Facebook and I messaged him. And he was cool from the very start. He responded right back to me. We set up a time. He was more than willing to help, as I've said multiple times throughout the episodes. And uh, we have become great friends. He has even offered to help with any future cases that I work on. And when the DNA testing is, is complete and we know who our doe is, I'm definitely going to bring Detective Dawes back to have a conversation about his thoughts and feelings on this case and giving our doe back her name, and hopefully determining whether or not she was a victim of Samuel Little. 
Hello, Dana. My name's John. Your True Crime PI introduced me to the podcast community, and now I'm hooked. Each episode of your podcast leaves me anxiously waiting for the next. Dana, I'm considering doing my own podcast, and could you tell me what you enjoy most about podcasting and what you like the least? John, it is so nice to know that you are enjoying True Crime PI and that this podcast has inspired you to want to start your own podcast. I am a one-woman show, so I write, host, edit, produce, and market this podcast. It is a ton of work, but I love most of it. If I am being honest, editing is my least favorite part, but my favorite parts are the research. I love a good investigative challenge, helping others, because that was the goal of this podcast from the very beginning, and the fact that it allows me to be creative. So if you decide to start a podcast of your own, I would be more than happy to share some tips. You know where to find me. And thanks for listening. Hi, my name's Katie, and I love listening to True Crime PI. I want to know, what are you working on for next season? Hi, Katie. It sounds like you are excited for season two, and so am I. But before I get to the next season, I want to let you know that I will be releasing a bonus episode in about two weeks. This episode will cover the case of a John Doe found in Saginaw, Michigan in 1988. This case is currently being crowdfunded on dnasolves.com. But it needs a little push, so I've decided to investigate this case, and I am hoping that this will inspire true crime PI listeners to donate. As for season two, I am working on a missing persons case. I am not sure exactly how many episodes this case will require, so season two might include a mini-series, and then some single episodes. My goal is to alternate missing and unidentified cases, but if a case pops up that I really want to cover and I feel needs covered, um, then I may not follow that plan. I like to let the cases dictate the direction that I go in. With that said, Katie, I hope you will continue to listen, and I really appreciate your support. That was really fun. And again, a big thank you to Amber, Gail, John, and Katie, and to all of my listeners. I will be taking a short break as I prepare for season two. Be sure to subscribe to True Crime PI on your favorite podcast player so that you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter like our True Crime PI Facebook page, and join our Facebook group to discuss and crowdsource the cases featured in each episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a minute to rate and review it. If you don't, we would love to hear your suggestions. Thank you for listening. True Crime PI is written and edited by Dana Pohl. Theme music, CD Streets, and Come Out and Play, written and performed by the very talented Darren Curtis at darrencurtismusic.com.